Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Before we get too deep in, welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Willie. This is where we talk about other podcasts. Yeah, that today Willie's we're talking to. about other podcasts. Podcast we're going to do some film news, and then we're going to talk about uh, Michael Doherty's yep. Krampus. Mm-hmm. So, back to... Yeah, in case you guys didn't catch that previously, this is a, a podcast I've been listening to. Uh, I got turned on to it by, by Tim Long, of course, frequent... Mm-hmm. collaborator here oh we have some feedback also from tim Long. well and we'll, and yeah that he'll we'll be getting to him soon mm-hmm. i'm excited for that but no uh this is the canon it's it's a it's a film podcast where they debate the uh the entry of a movie into the canon of great films so mm-hmm. we're just going through them real quick uh episode one was goodfellas yeah yep i've never seen it all okay. the way through uh <laughs> temple of doom yep sure yeah okay you're more hesitant than i expected on that one Interesting. The only reason I think it makes it is because it's an Indiana Jones film. It's an iconic character. It's, yeah, and it's sandwiched between two of. That's my least favorite. I think it's an. I think it's an. That's great my most movie. favorite. I think Ra- so Raiders would be a yes. Like right out of the gate, you'd be like, absolutely. Raiders, I'd say yes. I, my favorite, and I think the best one is Last Crusade. It's Crusade. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Crusade gives me all sorts of feels that I don't get with mm-hmm. some of the other ones. So mm-hmm. Crusade is grandiose on a level that the first two aren't. I mean, it pretty directly deals with God. So does the first one, I guess. Yeah, yeah but the, the third one really, really gets into it. Well, I but also the idea of, like, it explores how Indiana became Indiana as well in a very, like, succinct and entertaining way. And him Not and Connery mention, are so good. Him and, like, him and Connery, you get even more about him through. <clears throat> yeah. So much fun together. With... And those movies would never be made today That's... like they are. They were then. Yeah. The subject matter alone, other people aren't making movies about people chasing after God, religious, holy, religious like artifacts and handling it. So adventure well. films aren't huge yeah. anymore. I think yeah. National Treasure tried to touch on that, but I don't think it really. And even that was ten years ago. It was a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Uh, Romeo plus Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann production with no. Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm gonna go with a no on I this. I mean, one. it does have Johnny Legs. No, and Harold Perrineau, <laughs> um, Jerry Maguire. Never seen it. I say no. I think I see. I always thought Jerry Maguire was a flash in a pan kind of thing. Like it was bit really huge for solid reasons, but it didn't. Yeah, I'm gonna go with no as well. All right, all right. Now they occasionally do the versus episode. How that works is only one of those movies can make it to the canon. The other one will mm. not make it in. Period. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. It They're was. not all like that. Interesting. But there are occasionally ones. So here's here's one. <clears throat> a New Hope versus Empire Strikes Back. A New Hope. That is really hard. A New Hope. Between the two? Yeah. It's got to be New Hope, I think. And it's not because it's my favorite, but New Hope changed the world. Like, mm-hmm. That's real tough. Isn't it tough, though? It's not an easy <laughs> choice. I mean, I kind of made it seem like It is for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. My empire hatred, not hatred, you don't has hate been empire. explained yeah. in previous episodes. I guess a new hope for historical context. Yeah, yeah, that was my thought too. Purely historical. I'm an Empire guy, but yeah. Uh Inception. 
versus what? Just Inception. Oh. Does it make it or no? Yes. Yeah. I'd say yes. Uh, here we, here's a versus. Lion King versus Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> uh, our audience probably couldn't hear this. I don't even know if this is going to be on the episode. But um, uh, Nicole, the yeah. uh, I guess not official girlfriend of the Midwest Woman. There's, there's some be. other girlfriends too. Yeah, girlfriend of true. the founder. One of uh, yeah, official girlfriend, girlfriend of the founder. Of the founder. <laughs> <laughs> founder. Founder. Girlfriend Prime. Founder. <laughs> founder. Yes. <laughs> Podcast girlfriend Prime. <laughs> she. Um. She just made an audible. Oh. She like went, when oh. she heard the the battle. I think that's why she made the sound. Is that correct, Nicole? Yeah. You go beating the beast. Okay. I think I go Lion King. <laughs> Well, he just did the Jack Nicholson anger management nod. <laughs> I mean, I know more songs out of Lion King. Beauty and the Beast was my first Disney movie, though. Did Beauty and the Beast come out before or after Little Mermaid? After. after. Then absolutely Lion King. If it was Little Mermaid versus Lion King, I might actually go Mermaid. Because that reignited Disney animation. That was the first. I knew it was either that or Beauty and the Beast that were the first ones to kind of. That's, t- that's a really hard. That's a hard. That's a hard one. They're both great. Well, I think Lion King deals with a lot more themes that matter. And I think if you ask people to name Disney movies, most people would name that before Beauty and the Beast, I think. I, don't I, know, I actually though. think the opposite. Do you? I think people th- Beauty and the Beast is so insanely iconic. So is Lion King, of course. It's but. tough, man. Although I, th- I, I have to say I appreciate I, – I almost feel like Lion King gets a little bit of an edge for me, too, because it's an original work. I don't think it's based on anything, is it? It's not based on a story, on a pre-existing story. Not that I'm taking... I love Beauty and the Beast. It's fantastic, but I don't know. So what do we got? Nick, you went Lion King? I'm going to go Lion King. Uh, It's probably a little bit of a bias here, but... Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture of the Year that it came. That's pretty impressive. It doesn't matter. Empire Strikes Back is better than New Hope. Mm Mm-hmm. Not from my point of view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, it's tough, man. No, there's not a wrong choice. I don't think it's been one. so long since I've seen either of them. There's merit to both. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, Four hundred blows. I haven't seen it. I've not seen it. Nick would be the one to say yay or nay on this one. I mean, I would say, yeah, it's it's what put Truffaut and French New Wave at large on the map. Okay. So I would say, yeah, it's pretty important. Forrest Gump. Yes. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, I think. It's been a while since I've watched it. It's tough because I adore this movie, but is it really... Shawshank Redemption is... Is uh, it's an interesting one because it's pretty much universally regarded as a near perfect movie, right? And it's on it's played on TV so much that it has paid. Who is it? I don't remember which actor was talking about. It. I think it was actually Bob Gunton <laughs> who plays the warden was talking about how he gets like six figure checks <laughs> every year. Holy just get it, Bob? just from Shawshank Redemption playing That's on beautiful. TV because it's televised so much. I could be wrong. It might not be six figures, but I think it's definitely up there. That's fantastic. I like it's Gunn. always on TV, though. I'm going to go yes for Shawshank. I'm, I'm going to go yes. What's the, what's the, the criteria again? I'm start, starting well, to, I the mean, waters are getting muddied here. You know, it's, 
there's not like a specific set of rules that they go by, but it's it's typically based on you know is there a historical significance to the movie? Is there something it accomplished? Basically, should it, this movie be talked about in the, yeah, like is it an, an important movie? You know what I'm saying? It, in some way or another, whether it be from a filmmaking standpoint or a storytelling standpoint or maybe an insane performance that can't be denied or I'm going to, I'm going to swing the other way. I'm going to say no. Interesting. I like that. I don't think Shawshank is that important. I think it's a phenomenal movie. It's got great performances, but I don't think it's really that important. Okay. But Bob Gunton told the wall street journal that he gets quote unquote, not huge, but steady close to six figures by the film's 10th anniversary in 2004 in terms of residual check. Okay. That's incredible. Get it, Bob. Bob Gunton, too. Like, how much are the other guys making? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. What's Tim Robbins making that sick AMC Eternal Classic movie money? How's the Kurgan doing? Like, he's got to be cleaning yeah, he's up. Fine. <laughs> um, he's fine. He's Flash. No. Well, I'm going to go yes. And it's not because I adore Clerks. It's because it was a very very important for the independent film movement. At the yeah, time. That's, yeah, that's, I that's where I would right. go. Very important. That. that reignited that interest in those kind of films. I don't really care for the movie that much and that's never, okay never in it, my life would i think i'd say clerks is more important than shawshank redemption but <laughs> it's on it's it's recorded it's here. <laughs> there it is tim there eat your heart out smoochies <laughs> boochies um, yeah <laughs> tim always every year on my birthday tim always manages to find the most obnoxious picture it's only there. because i told him to do it the first time <laughs> really <laughs> now he, yeah because i he's like what's some stuff that nick hates <laughs> i'm oh, like okay kevin smith <laughs> Try to start start there, and I don't hate him. He's just no, exhausting. I know, I, know, I know. But yeah, it's so funny because every year I wake up on my birthday, and, I, and the group text is just blown up with like really awesome, funny. Like Willie always puts the same Lee Pace <laughs> Hobbit birthday picture. Pace. Oh, it's so funny. And mm. then Tim's always some horrible <laughs> Kevin Smith. Snoochie or, boochies, or, yeah, bro. he's like happy birthday, Snoochie Boochie. Yeah, this year it was Kevin Smith with the cast of Big Bang. <laughs> 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 that one was really good. And that is the that, that is it. <laughs> That's the ultimate crossroads. Of, it, it, of just gag for that's me. So good. <laughs> oh, made my uh, um, yeah. I forgot. I'm so glad you remember that. I remember this year's was really good. Yeah, it was great. I woke up and just started laughing and was like, "Oh, Tim, you found the like number one picture I would least want on my wall." There's not much left to add to it. Maybe some sharks. It was but, great. Yeah. I'm sure something new will annoy me next year. Find something. <laughs> he finds a new depths to sink to. Yeah. Um, that's great. I look forward to it. A versus et. Close Encounters. E.T. Uh, E.T. E. In my recorded history, I haven't seen E.T. all the way through. Okay. Okay. So I can't make that judgment. All right. You're I really like Close Encounters. Your recorded though. history. Yeah, because I mean, when I was like three, I probably watched it, but I don't remember it at all. <sighs> um, Blowout. Travolta. The Travolta? Mm. Is that De Palma? I've actually never seen it. It's mm. fantastic. I've heard it's great. It's incredible. It no, it's not. Doesn't really matter. I, I, well, I mean, it, it, it it's really really good. It doesn't belong with the rest of those movies. I've that circled we, that that Criterion Blu-ray numerous times. It's you need to see it. It's wonderful. It really is. I, I should rewatch it. Uh, Blade Runner. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Anybody surprised by that? Uh, Knights of Kiberia. I, I'm not familiar with this film. I don't. I'll be honest. No. I don't. I don't. Know How do you spell? C a b i r i a. I have no idea. Okay, so there's, probably not. Um, there's something about Mary. 
I've never seen it. Wow. What an interesting, very interesting choice because it's a, I mean, the Fairleys are an important force in comedy and that's yeah. probably their best work or their most iconic work. See, it's not Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Dumb and Dumber, I would say, because it came early, it came first. You'd say yes to Just Dumb and Dumber, you think? I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, it was in it was in primetime Jim Carrey era. It helped launch the Fairleys. Uh, that, they're not on trial, so that doesn't matter. Okay. Right, so <laughs> Daniels. I'm yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go no on something about Mary. I hate to do it, but I'm gonna go. I no probably on would say no as well, even though it had Brett Favre in it. <laughs> he was great, which is important. And it had Ben. I think it helped push Ben Stiller up to yeah. to a new level. Do we have time to keep doing some of these? Is that or should we should we Let's cut this off? Two more. All right. Um, Casino Royale. Daniel Craig Casino Royale. Yes. Yes. I'd say yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go no, but I don't like saying it. If there's any, well, as somebody who hasn't seen any of the Bond movies, I think if there's any that I would put in there, it would, like, I've seen Goldeneye, and I've seen the the Craigs. Yeah. I'd say Casino Royale is the one I would want to put in there. Okay. But. I, I'm, and I'm no Bond expert. But I, I would, my gut reaction is if you're going to, if you could only put one Bond movie in, which technically I don't think that's a rule, but uh, it'd be Goldfinger. That's like the Bond movie. Mm. That's the iconic. And I think that's the one that you, I don't, I don't know. That's just my thought. Um, Alien versus Aliens. That's really hard too. Alien. Yeah, I, I figured you'd probably go Alien. It's so hard because it's this is one where you can debate because Alien changed the changed the game. Aliens is like one of the most quotable films of all time, which I know doesn't seem like a lot, but it's pretty important too. Like it's iconic, and it kind of defined the Ripley character. The first one didn't. It's really tough. I tend to respect what Ridley did with Alien more than what James. Cameron you think it's more important? Alien. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. By far, Nick. It's tough. <laughs> the look on Nick's face was the look of that dog in that gif with a plate of cupcakes. I've <laughs> been working hard on perfecting that <laughs> utter horror at the situation I've been placed in. <laughs> Recalling the ghosts of your past. Oh, man. That's really... <laughs> I like that uh, oh. that Troy Aikman commercial. The Well, have you seen that word? Yeah, someone asked him a question. He goes, "I don't dwell on the past," yeah, and, then and then his his, his ringtone. Ring yeah, and then he goes, "I too dwell on the past." <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. It sort of reminds me of that. I'm yeah. gonna go aliens, um, and that's not just because I like the movie better. I'm gonna go aliens. The Ripley character is so important to cinematic history, and she's not Ripley until Aliens. I don't think. And it invented the Space Marine, which has been in everything since then. That's true. <laughs> so I'm gonna go aliens. Yeah. I think I have to go alien. Okay. Probably because the chestburster scene is so iconic. Uh, Everyone remembers the first time they saw that. And that was what an unknown idea at the time. It's true. There's no wrong answer on started that. Started it all. It's like if I had to say who's more iconic, like the Beatles or, you know, someone derivative of the Beatles, I'd have to say the Beatles, even though I don't like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. That was fun. That was a, yes. that was, yeah, that was a good one to end on. Yeah. It was a struggle for a second there. That's fun. Listen to the canon when you're not listening to us. We need yep. like a we need like a media, we need like a Midwest film nerds app, like interactive experience. So all these pictures and gifs and stuff that we reference, <laughs> you you can just scroll along. Yeah. Visual aids, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Visual aids. 
Yeah, that would be make good. it a multimedia presentation. I like that. If if it was a rapid string of them, then I would make another video. <laughs> yeah. Your video. Just search so dog cupcake tray in Google and it might come up. It might. I'm gonna do that after we're done recording. All right, we've got some feedback from one at Tim Long one TW on Twitter. He said, Loved your ex mock in a show. Do you think you would have liked the third act more if it was all full frontal dance scenes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably. And not that I uh, did I hate the third act? I don't remember. I didn't see this movie. The dance scene was great. It's beautiful. And just in case we didn't talk about it enough on that episode. That I'll was really early in the year, I think. So I'm kind of having a hard time remembering it. Wasn't it in the spring? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Right. Well, well, it was in like March or it April. It might have been a little bit later. It might have been closer to the summer, but it was still hard, a long time ago. I'm having a hard time remembering the uh, any the issues that were had. I can kind of remember some, but they're spoilery, and I don't want to yeah that at the moment but uh i think the answer is yes tim and then tim also said also do you think oscar isaac found Donald gleason using tinder and then he provided a link to male feminists of tinder.tumblr.com <laughs> i think he just wanted to get that link on here out on in the world yeah so that people people could see it it's pretty see, there's good another visual aid it's happening. Link post, in the show notes. Post, post, this is the no, you just go go to it. You can type it out. You just heard me say it. It's malefeministsoftinder.tumblr.com. Post number two is Jeff. He's 25 years old. Uh, his profile says, feminist, etc. I want to lie in your bed and ask you difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> is this real? Yeah. Well, oh, probably. Man. I don't know. All it's right. Let's not make fun of Jeff too Probably. Much. Although he might deserve it. Jeff, right in. Midwest Film Nerds. Is that real? Defend yourself, Jeff. What are some of your difficult questions? I'd love to field a few. (laughs) uh, Send us your difficult questions. Yes, Jeff, please. Not that you listen to the show, but maybe you do. Probably not. Um, So, it's time to go on to some film news. Uh, I might change up the order here a bit. Uh, There was a Captain America Civil War trailer that came out a while back, and you guys watched it. What were your thoughts that you can remember from weeks ago? <laughs> um, my fears of this movie are are well documented on the podcast. I won't get into them. Uh, this puts most of them to rest. I, there's still there's still a bit of, of of cautiousness here, but that trailer is killer. It's really really good. It's yeah. really good. It feels like a sequel to Winter Soldier, which is something that was definitely important to me. Yeah, I think we were worried about that. Yeah. And it doesn't feel, at least from this first trailer, I mean, it feels like the focus is on Captain America, which is exactly where it should be. Um, yep. I don't think it's a huge spoiler to mention that Black Panther is in the trailer. Yeah. Because uh, he is. So, sorry if I ruined everything for you. Um, Terrible. He looks really cool. We don't see a ton of him, but he looks like a badass. He runs really awesome. Mm-hmm. It's got some good kicking in the trailer. I think mm-hmm. Nick touched on that when we talked about it. There are several very good kicks. Yeah. Some Cap real... shells out another just crusher. Oh, I kick. think Falcon has the dynamite kick in this one, though. His is good. I just love the impossible physics of Cap's. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's going to shatter the ice pack for Alex. And he's going to yeah. go, ugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a super soldier. The, and it's a uh, super soldier kick. His body sure. can survive things that ours can't. Yeah. The shots of the team, one of the teams running down uh, what I can only assume is a runway at an airport of some sort is awesome. Mm-hmm. Nice. Is it the runway from Fast and Furious 6? <laughs> it may be. <laughs> the chasing down the plane. We'll have to wait until 
They spend the, the, the third act of this movie just chasing the plane. They run past it. It just goes by the other direction. They look it at each other. It comes by him a second time. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's really cool. Um, see Han's girlfriend. Never mind. Yeah, no, it looks really great. It does. Um, the Russos are, are really proving themselves to be a huge pleasant surprise. And I'm very, very excited to see what they do with this. And then I'm very excited to see... Um, if they can handle this, I think this is a real testing ground for them because if they can ha- balance all these characters when the central focus is the guy whose name is in the title, mm-hmm. they manage to do that and give everybody a moment to shine without overshadowing Cap, then they are the they could very well do the impossible and make Infinity War work <laughs> um, as a movie, not just as a spectacle. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. I'm really excited. No sign of Spider-Man. I'm sure that people are trying to debate if he's in the reflection of somebody's shield or <laughs> eyes. He's not. No. So cut it out. Yeah. He's not there. But yeah, no, it looks, it looks really good. There were like articles confirming and deconfirming Spider-Man being in Civil War at all, which I was like, they released a press release. He's in the movie. Like, there I don't know a, why we have to keep There's a press release straight from Marvel that's like, he will appear in a Marvel movie before having his own film next year. Like, It's not a big secret, and I don't know why people are making such a big deal about it. I, I, I feel like, I hope that people aren't getting their hopes up that he's going to have some sort of big role, because I don't think he's going yeah. to. I don't want him to. I want him, I, I'm cool with him having an action scene. Um, that's about it. I really don't want him to be a major part of this. So, yeah, we'll see. Any other thoughts, Nick? It looks awesome. It looks visceral. It's way nastier. Like, the gloves are off. And it's pretty... It looks really pretty dark. intense, yeah. There's, there's a moment in, that tra- in the trailer where I went, oh, shit, I'm, I, I felt something I did not expect to feel. Mm-hmm. Especially having read the comics mm-hmm. and knowing kind of how I feel about the Civil War, mm-hmm. the, the Civil War, and and whatnot. And there's a moment where I went, "Oh man, I'm feeling for yeah." I think it's the one that I've seen reference to in places, but I have no context to it, and I'm so curious, and it makes me want to watch that trailer so friggin' bad. But I can't. It's do it. it's a pretty great trailer, it's, and, and and the delivery of the line. Is so good. Is it, is it RDJ? Yeah, he delivers yeah. the okay. line. I mean, okay. he, he delivers a line, and then it's 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 the line that I'm thinking of. It's really, really, really like I was like, damn, I I'm feeling something for him right now. That sucks. Like, yeah. So, yeah. it's uh it's an interesting thing because, uh, I mean, the the dynamic between those two, and it seems to me like in the in the MCU, Cap and and and. Uh, Tony have not really ever gotten along particularly well, so I don't feel terribly heartbroken over the the conflict, so to speak. But yeah, it's not it's not as uh, I think it's tough because they've been so antagonistic to each other since the beginning, and I, and then you don't have years of comics to to right. to, to back up that to relationship. Know how tight they are, yeah. yeah. I think that I think they tried to kind of build to that a little bit at the end of Age of Ultron. I think it's something they try to do because, you know, Cap's like, I'm going to miss you, man. You know, like he actually like says like, oh, I'm going to miss you, Tony. And he's like, oh, I'll miss you too. And I, that, I remember the feel, that feeling a little wonky because I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, you guys don't get along on and any he kinda, level. <laughs> he kind of fucked everything up. So I don't know why you're... Um, but we'll see. I, I, think, I think if they... Marvel has done a good job of kind of magically writing their ways out of things that don't seem to make sense on a surface level... And I'm hoping that maybe in the first act of this movie they'll at least be able to make it a little more believable. These two have at least 
uh, give me a reason for the connection. Something that we maybe haven't seen. You know what I mean? Something that that I don't know. We'll see. Uh, maybe it's, there's just a mutual respect there, and it's enough to you know. Yeah. yeah. And they've mm-hmm. been through some shit together, so I don't know. Ant Man's not in the trailer unless he's in every shot, and we. Just I think he's him. there. I feel. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like he's probably in that runway. He's that hitting. runway run. I'm fairly certain he's clinging to to Hawkeye or something. At I some, hope so. <laughs> I mean, there is that post that that the team shots that came out, oh, and, yeah. and he's standing on Hawkeye's shoulder, which I thought was really killer. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. he's going to shoot him on an arrow. It's going to happen. That'll it, be the moment. Where it's going to be stand up and significantly cool. Shower so. the people in front of me with snow caps. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all going to scream. I think yeah. you're going to make the Thor sound I made back when, <laughs> yeah. back when we saw his hammer. Probably and, all those years ago. Yeah. It, no, it's an awesome trailer. I yeah. love I love trailers. Obviously, I love talking about Very it. This excited. is a really one of the better ones that's come out all year. It's really good. Very excited. I we didn't know. I didn't see it on the docket. I, I hate to sidetrack this real quick. Are we going to talk about? the Donna Justice trailer at all this episode? Because it's oh. out. Uh, we yeah, probably sure. should if we're talking about Captain America. Let's talk about the second trailer for Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, what do you guys think, Nick? Let's start with Nick. I want to I hear Nick's I don't. I don't like it that much. Yeah. I think uh, I, I've liked it more upon repeat viewings, and I think I've only watched it three times, whereas I watched the Civil War trailer three times in succession. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a very good trailer it's like a collection of scenes for the most part but some of the scenes are really good uh i guess just key points uh affleck looks awesome continues to impress and sell me on him as bruce wayne batman although i never really doubted from the start but he's i think he's really good the costume looks really good i like uh jesse eisenberg's lex luthor seems to be the unpopular opinion but it makes a lot of sense i think for where when the movie takes place and and what what kind of state the world is in i think it makes total sense and old school portrayal of lex luthor would just feel dated and irrelevant and not refreshing uh there's a reveal that is weird because it's not weird but for some reason it's weird any other superhero movie this this would have happened in a trailer we would have said oh okay but in this one for some reason it's very surprising well uh, the nature of one of the villains in the movie see i don't even want to talk about it because it feels like a spoiler yeah I don't like it, really. Uh, the design is awful, and it just seems strange. So hopefully they're still working on it. Um, and there's another pretty big. There's another big moment, another big reveal that's that's given away in this trailer. And I was kind of like, oh man, I would have loved to have just seen that in the theater. So it's kind of a bummer. Uh, but overall, it's just kind of whatever. I mean, I was already looking forward to it. They don't need to sell. Yeah, and a lot of people were saying that they felt that it was too, it was just too boilerplate of just like here is the plot of this movie, which I think is probably okay to get more more of like the the common folk on board with like this is why maybe these guys are beefing and maybe here's what helps them not beef so much anymore. It really tells you the whole plot of the movie. <laughs> like that's what's weird about it. I it maybe, it's maybe. weird it yeah it yeah. does, but I'm not sure that it really does because yeah. it's a really long movie. So I'm not sure where some of the events that happened in the trailer actually happened in the movie. It's uh, on the surface, it seems like we've what we've already seen like a pretty clear breakdown of the three acts, but I'm not so sure that's what we're seeing. So mm. uh, either way, whatever. Really? It's only a few months away now. This yeah. is the this I like this trailer more than the other one, um, but I gravitate more towards the the goofy fun of it and that's not what dc's trying it doesn't seem like that what's what dc's been trying to accomplish they've really been trying to set themselves apart and do something different from what marvel's doing 
I think that's cool. Um, I wasn't nuts about Man of Steel. I've said that before, but I at least respected the fact that it was trying to do its own thing. Um, this one, I'm not nuts about Lex Luthor yet. He hasn't sold me yet, but I just don't like Jesse Eisenberg, so I think that's part of my problem. I have a hard time like separating him from from him. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think I agree with Nick. There's a reveal that's... I, I, Probably should have saved it. Actually, there's a couple reveals they probably should have saved. Yeah, because uh, there's a there's one towards the end of the trailer, um, that I almost feel detracts from the two lead characters a little bit, and I'm like, we could have saved this for later on down the marketing. Like, why did we do this right now? Like, mm. this is the first trailer where you really, I think, you really get to see the two of them interact, and I'm like, that was enough. I think of a sales point. You don't need to do yeah. all this other stuff. And that I don't was know. that was really cool to. Uh... I thought about that when I was watching it the other day. I was like, you know what? This is the first time I think on any sort of recorded visual medium that uh, Batman, Clark Kent, and Bruce Wayne have spoken face to face. It was pretty cool in live. Yeah, it's cool. form. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's insane. Uh, it, which is very. And they're just they're just just picking at each other. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, like, and, yeah, it's very yeah, cool. It's funny. I'm like, oh, they both know who they're talking to, don't they? That's kind of kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of tense. Even as a as a person who's not a huge fan of 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 either character, I, it was exciting to see because I mean, I obviously I have a great respect for the characters and I know how important they are and how cool this is. I felt so excited for the DC like the DC hardcore guys that have been waiting for this for like years and years and years. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, I will say I'm loving the reactions online. They're great <laughs> because I, I, I get, I'm kind of over the whole DC versus Marvel thing. It's really stupid now and feels like half the internet does this because usually one trailer comes out and then a couple weeks later the other one comes out and they're like, eh, which one was better? And I'm like, I don't want to talk mm-hmm. about that. It's dumb. Like, who cares? Um, but, but which one was better, Willie? I like the Captain America trailer. <laughs> Civil War trailer is way better. It's not even a debate. Anybody who argued the other way, I'd, be, I'd go, okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, no, the, it's, but what cracks me up is this trailer was a lot more, had a lot more humor in it than I think people were expecting. Yeah. And I think it scared a lot of people. I think it lands too, for the most part. I, I think it's, I thought so, but people are losing their minds that Batman makes a, like a, like a, like a, a quip. In this trailer, like they're losing their minds up. Like the hardcore Batman fans are like, he does not joke in the heat of battle. And I'm like, shut up, get the fuck out of here. That's the problem with enjoy hard- your grim dark comic. Go back and read some Frank Miller, you douchebags. <laughs> that drives me nuts. Sorry, I'm done. That's the worst part about hardcore comic fans is you can't satisfy no, them. You no, can't. You can't do it. You can't. Yeah. It's just like that that video that on on uh, Conan when. He had Affleck on like a couple weeks after they announced he was going to be playing Batman, and he talks about going online <laughs> and seeing that first comment that just said "No." <laughs> it's so funny. Oh. And then the suit came out, and everyone lost their shit. And they're like, "Oh, it's amazing looking. It's right. the best bat suit that's ever been made." Right. And, yeah. uh, and then they're kind of like, "Oh, you yeah, it's going to be okay, I guess." Like, yeah, it's it's it can be frustrating. I, I'm trying to more and more detach myself from the internet in general because it's really a frustrating place to be. And uh, so hopefully I can. <laughs> it's a frustrating place a to be. Frustrating lost. place to be. Yeah. I'll look at a headline now, and if I'm interested, I'll click on it, and I will not scroll to those comments. I can't bring myself <laughs> to do it anymore. I will yeah, drive I, me nuts. I there, there are some places you have to straight. You have to just don't go down that road. Nope. Stay. Tear off that part of your map. It will just ruin don't you. Don't go near it. I'll look at like Reddit comments, but comments I don't go on Reddit. On, but like, I've heard comments fun on like actual news stories. I it's a problem. At those like number one easily hands down worst. YouTube, YouTube comments oh, yeah. no, are you, incredible. That is, they're rough. Almost, they're incredible. Almost worse than 4chan, but 
Yeah, they're rough. Yeah, because I think most people on 4chan are joking. And most people on YouTube no, are are serious. <laughs> well, at least 4chan, I think, with 4chan, like, I don't know. You have to be a special kind of person to be digging around on 4chan anyway. So That's true. So, mm. All right. Let's round out the nerd drivel. Uh, there's the showrunner for Iron Fist, the Netflix show. Good. Uh, his name is Scott Buck, and he is a former showrunner of Dexter. Okay. And cool. he worked on Six Feet Under. Yes. Which is real also awesome. True. Yeah, I mean, those are shows that were both pretty well received. I've never watched much of either of them. So I don't know what I feel about those shows. Yeah, I'm curious as to when he was a showrunner for Dexter. I don't think he was a showrunner. I think he was a producer. Oh, well. But this seems like a pretty... Uh, I mean, he's got some... So he's got a pedigree, so that's good. And I'm glad to see that there's something moving. Because I think that was the first announcement for both of the other previous shows was the showrunner. It was the initial yeah. announcement before they started dropping casting. So if anything... Mm-hmm. It just makes me excited. It's a good sign. It's forward momentum because the yeah. whole fate of this thing a week ago was. Yeah, it got weird, and then you know there was you hear rumors pop up about it's not going to happen anymore, and I'm like that seems kind of odd. Like why they uh, they the made synopsis th- came out too. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, 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 and it it did. It was actually pretty much what uh, Gojo anticipated because I heard the the rumor that they were thinking of nixing the season and going with just a movie, a Netflix original film. For Iron Fist, and I right away was like, his origin works way better as a movie than a TV series. But then Gojo was like, well, I think the series will probably take place like now, so to speak, and then peppered throughout it, you'll get his origin. And I was like, yeah, why did I not think of that? It's That'd a be- show that could actually, and I normally am not one to jump on the let's do flashbacks in, right. in our episodes, because I think Lost did it. <coughs> Bless you. I think Lost nice. did it. You know, for so long, I think people started to try to copy that kind of. Not that Lost was the first show to ever do that, but I think right. that kind of set the course for that. And and I'm, but this show works for that. I think I mean to to show you little bits and and well, all of Marvel's or both of Marvel's shows so far have utilized have, flashbacks yeah, really well. Yeah, Scott Buck Buck took over as showrunner in season six of Dexter, and that's not one of my favorite seasons of Dexter. <laughs> But, uh, you know... I don't know. I never watched I heard it's terrible, but... Everybody has some hits or misses. Yeah, honestly, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. I mean, the, the guy can run a television program, which is really all I'm concerned about. Yeah. So, I, you know... It went on for two more seasons, so that's... He did something right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm cool with that. Give me the casting. I'm very curious to see if... Uh, I don't know what I want to say about that. I'm very curious to see if Marvel gives in to some of the, the criticisms of the character. And I'm very curious to see. Hmm. Yeah. There's been a lot of people that are... And you know what? If it happens, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm not... People that think he should be Asian? He should be Asian. Yeah. Or Asian-American. And I understand. I mean, Iron Fist is a is very much a, a product of a time when things weren't so sensitive and we weren't, like, actually thinking about what we were writing. I mean, why Iron Fist is the classic, you know, like, the great white hope, you know, character. I mean, he, you know, he's like a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, rich white guy who shows up in this foreign land and saves saves them from you know from the evil mm-hmm. it's it's very much it's it's yeah. a little racist but <laughs> but uh, part of the importance of that character i think is is where he comes from and yeah. is that he's different um and yeah, i heard a lot of arguments a I lot would. of arguments and the other and you know what I, i'm gonna watch it and i'll enjoy it and if they get the core of the danny Rand character down then that's what's important but i feel like that's such an important part of his character it's hard to yeah, I don't think that's racist at all. I think he's yeah. a he's a it's a fish out of water origin. Uh, yeah, that's I, I important. Th- that's the reason why 
it's so good that he or so impressive that he made it to the rank he does to, he to Iron Fist because absolutely he shouldn't. Yeah. People are it's it's very similar to Doctor Strange's origin. It is like he yeah. shouldn't. It's a guy who should not does not belong there. Right. And I mean, you know, yeah, you could you could definitely do that with and I don't want to get too heavy into this. You could definitely do that with an Asian American because it would still be a fish out of water. You know, a guy yeah. who does not understand this culture and does not and that's okay. That's okay too. But um, I don't know. It. I'm I'm all right with. I've never had an issue with changing race or even gender on these shows. Marvel's been doing it a lot, I think, or they've been trying to do it more, and I'm okay with that. Um, you know, Hogarth on Jessica Jones mm-hmm. was a woman on the show. I was totally cool with that. Uh, Nick Fury, obviously, you know, that was another situation. And Johnny Storm, none of these things bothered me. But I feel like that's such a core part of the character, and I, I don't think people are understanding that you can you can do something like this without being insensitive, and you can modernize this story in such a way where it doesn't feel like he's the great white savior. You know what I mean? I think it's doable, but we'll see. I'm very curious to see if Marvel... I mean, people love a great white savior. Look at Khaleesi on Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's going to do just fine. This is true. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. I, I don't know. It's, uh, like I said, I don't want to debate too much about it, but I'm very curious to see if, it's, if it does. You know, that's an interesting... I, it'll almost be an interesting precedent to see if... Something as big as Disney, I mean, on the larger level, is like, well, maybe we should think about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, some other quick news we can get through. Um, ABC's doing a Dirty Dancing musical starring Abigail Breslin. Is it a live one? Yes. It's there. Just like they just did The Wiz and they've done Peter Pan. The Wiz was and, wonderful, by the way. I watched it. Uh, Nick watched it as well. He showed me this one clip of when they get to Emerald City and there's just this dude like writhing on the ground for no good reason during the dance. It's really ridiculous. But, David uh, on Grey was sweet. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, don't do this. Just it, air Dirty Dancing. Don't do it. Why? I'm fine with it. I, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to watch it, and it's not going to impact anything, but why? I mean, I, it's not necessary. I, I'm not going to tune in because I don't care. Just show people Dirty Dancing. But Nikki just saw the... It's a um, weird thing for you to object to so strongly. Dirty Dancing's a great movie. Sure. And it doesn't need to be remade. Nikki it's just not saw being the, remade, though. It's being but it, reinterpreted I mean, into a different medium. Well, there's a musical now. There's a Dirty Dancing musical now. It's on. Yeah, like Nikki, Nikki just true. went and saw it. She just saw the, the the musical and she said it was a lot of fun. So if they do the musical version of it, which I'm assuming they're probably going to do, it's yeah. different. It's a different interpretation. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I <laughs> if you're going to block three hours out of your program, you just show Dirty Dancing Ooh. or Dirty Dancing Two of Anna Nights. Yeah, that too, but. <laughs> uh anyway uh next up on the docket lions why is it so funny lions game wants to keep making hunger games movies they're going to make prequels this is when i go to blow my nose yeah about what uh the other hunger games because this is so... the 75th <laughs> annual hunger games was in was so you mean to tell me we can have 74 of these prequels uh, well technically 73 because we already saw one of them in the first oh, Hunger yeah. Games film. Okay, so so I know now, right. and it's not it's not a dig against Hunger Games. I still haven't seen the last one. I actually I like the series overall. Yeah, so far it's been more of a hit than a miss for me. But why? Why? What is what more story is there? To tell? But 
and that's that's all fine and good. But if there's not a story to tell, doesn't matter. No, man. then that doesn't stop Hollywood. Then go for it, Hollywood. Yeah, I won't be there. <laughs> Have a great time. I hope they turn out wonderfully for you. No, I just don't give yeah. a shit. I, I, to me, that's that's the lowest form of like money grab. If well, you can come up with a compelling story about a character from the Hunger Games franchise, a character from them, like like do something very interesting, like a spinoff or something, that's I, 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 Haymitch begins. That, well, that's the thing is that maybe it's Haymitch's games. You know, and, and you know what? If they can, if they can turn that into a compelling story, that's not the exact same thing we've already seen twice, which it will be. I'm okay with that. But it, what do you do with the Hunger Games at this juncture? It is a very set specific thing. You there's some kids show up, they get released from little pods or, or from drop from the sky, whatever happens to them, and they kill each other until yeah. one is alive. We know who lives in that story. We've seen him. He's old now. He drinks a lot. There's no story to tell. There's no. There's nothing. There's no. There's no. What is the? Where's the drama there? You know what I mean? Like what's? It's not about drama, Willie. It's about money. Yeah. I don't know. It's we'll just, see. I mean, this was the lowest grossing Hunger Games movie of the franchise. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, are you guys sure this is a great idea? Hunger Games is going to age out, and then it won't matter. So they'll, exactly, they'll make yeah. a little bit of money on this now, and then it'll just piddle away and dwindle and dwindle like a fart in the wind, we'll and probably then no get, one will care anymore. Because, we'll probably get two more Hunger Games movies. The first one will do okay, and they'll be like, oh, well, it wasn't so great, but we're going to try again. Well, the, didn't the most recent one already make less money than the <laughs> Yeah, it was the lowest. It was the lowest opening gross for a Hunger Games film. See? people that, I mean, the kids that, that revered that a couple of years ago, the people that went to see it a ton, like they're already starting to not care. They're going to see other stuff. Yeah. And they and they went and saw... I, I don't know if they... If if there's enough there to start making original, quote unquote, original Hunger Games stories in the in the Hungerverse, and <laughs> and uh, have people care enough. Yeah, there's some details in the books about previous games, but I don't. Really I don't know. know if there's a compelling story to tell. I'm okay with it, but I just don't see that at yeah. all. So I don't know, we'll see. I look forward to the next great YA. Great, well, white, great white YA hope. Ad- 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 <laughs> Did you guys see the trailer for that one with uh, what's her face with Kickass? Oh God, we did, the fifth yeah. Wave or whatever. <sighs> God, yeah. No thanks. Doesn't it all just look like the same bullshit? Like I'm so tired of young adult adaptations right now. Well, here's the problem with it too. It's it's. I think that there are there are young adult books that are well written and are interesting and and can have cool stories and cool messages and and there's a place for that they all look the same yeah. they look like they're shot by the same people let's make a super cut like of scored. all the ya movies and just make it like one giant universe they oh, all look the same please please like if you showed somebody who'd been in prison for 10 years they just got out i am number four and you showed them a scene from fire. divergent and a scene from uh from the host <laughs> Right next to each other, they probably go. I don't know. I like like that's the, that's. You could cut the two movies together, and it probably makes sense. Honestly, you probably could. We should try this. We should we should cut pick two or three of these random young adult movies, cut them together, and I bet we can make a cohesive two plot. Two or three. Within. Fuck it. Let's pick like eleven. And you could probably make a cohesive plot that actually makes sense through the dialogue and like with a ninety minute runtime, you'd probably be good to go because yeah. it's the same shit. Yeah. I know, no, I agree. I think I, there's one that stands out in my mind as being different, and it's. Because it's Ender's Game, and it was written years ago. Sure, well, yeah, that's the thing. And it's actually like science fiction. 
I think that, like, in the past, I mean, there's, like, even talking about, like, Hatchet. Like, there are young adult novels in the past. But but now all we are getting are young adult love triangles. Love adult young... Post-apocalyptic. Post love adult yeah. young triangles. Warrior. Learn how to fight. Yep. Love triangle. I'm the chosen one. Yeah. Yeah. Deny it's, my de- deny my destiny. Accept my destiny. They're 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 just um they're uh, it's Nicholas Sparks all over again. Like it's a very formulaic. Take these elements and plug them all into a story in a certain time period with a certain milieu and spit it out, and you have. And it's just God. What a bunch of old men we've turned into. You know, what's, you, know, so you, know what, though? you know what's funny about this, Alex. Is I'm sitting here listening to you describe exactly why I hate this stuff. Why I don't even hate it. Why I'm just so indifferent to this stuff. Why it's just kind of obnoxious to me. And I'm going, shit. I bet a lot of people were saying that about slasher movies in the 80s. And I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I should shut the fuck up because, you know what I mean? Like, it is true that that like genres and and the way they all kind of get homogenized. It is a cyclical thing. I mean, it's always yeah, it's always something. This is just our thing. I think where we're old enough now, we're like, oh, god, like stop it. I guess. I think it is. Maybe, but yeah, I don't May, know. I don't know, maybe. I'm just having an epiphany or something. What I, was I just talking about? I think it was you and I, Alex, that were talking about something I used to really like, or still really like, and I said I have to accept that I'm no longer the target demographic, but I, I still have like an opinion on, oh man, what was it? I think you were talking about Star Wars. No way, because Star Wars looks great, but... <laughs> uh, I've heard that argument applied to the prequels and... The Clone Wars and the see the thing about Star Wars though is it should appeal to everybody. Like everybody likes Star Wars. It's it's got something. It's like the Princess Bride. It's got something for everyone. It's it's uh this the these are very there's a very specific you know target audience for these movies, mm-hmm. which is why they're making so much money. I think. But like Willie said, it's interesting. It's like in the '90s with like the screams and I know you did last summers and yeah, well there were a lot of, of those, those like teen thrillers were well, right. being I mean there's out. certainly a phenomenon like that like somebody comes out with 50 shades of gray and then there's a billion other sex books <laughs> it's not it's not like that kind Kama of Kama Sutra the movie <laughs> sex books it's not like dot accountants it's not like sm- sm- smutty books haven't haven't cooking the books said dot accountants <laughs> sex not, books dot I am the chosen one dot accountants but it's, it's not like smutty books haven't existed before Fifty Shades of Grey but because it's something that's hot now people want to strike why the iron's hot same with The Walking Dead and zombies and now sure. Everybody wants zombies, and it's just you know. Yeah, no, and you're and you're not wrong. I think I think the problem that I have with these ones, with this wave of them, and I think it, this one, this is a valid argument against them, is that at least with like '90s teen thrillers or or slasher movies in the '80s or whatever trend, you know what I mean? There was a distinct difference between most of them. They looked yeah. different, or they had an interesting soundtrack. There was something that differentiated them or made them memorable in their own way. Like a different iconic killer. something. Like you have yeah, Jason and yeah. Freddy and right. Michael there was Myers. something where you where if it was good and it, it the, you know the cream rose to the top, then it was one of those ones that will be remembered for forever. I can't. I can think of like two of these young adult franchises out of the dozens that have been pumped out that I, I will ever will be talked about at all within the next. Ten years from now, Hunger Games will probably still be talked about occasionally. Um, Harry Potter, I almost don't count, um, but if we count it, that will be talked about. That's yeah, a, I wouldn't count Harry Potter. That's about it. Are people really going to be talking about Divergent ten years from now? No, they're not. Or Mortal Instruments. 
No. Or... They're not talking about that now. <laughs> I mean, that, that's... I am some, number four. Is, is the anybody, fifth wave. Is anybody talking about Twilight now that the movies are out? That that um, That's a series that I think will, will endure... There, no, so? I'm serious. I, I I really do because I think that I think people are going to rediscover it and its schlockiness. I think that I really have a vibe because I went back and I don't know. Did I tell you guys I watched all of them in a, like a two day span of time? Nice. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> like they're th- so much fun. <laughs> Ser- no, seriously, they're a lot of. fun. I've seen one, two, three, but Rift Tracks, and I enjoyed that yeah, experience seen... quite a bit. But I would never be able to watch the second one. It, certainly, otherwise, if you're sitting with the right people, it can be a lot of fun. You yeah, know. I don't. Uh, four and five were hysterical. I mean, a laugh Lee riot. Lee Pace shows up. A laugh riot, guys. I'm telling you. Anyway. People I look think... back on Twilight the way they look back on, like, the Macarena or Beanie Babies. They'll go, man, remember that? That was fun. Whoa. There's we an, sunk a lot of money into there's that. There's an interesting conversation that they've been having on the Slash Film cast for a couple of weeks where they're trying to argue whether or not Avatar has really had much of a cultural impact avatar yeah has a zero cultural impact but on the other hand they're making like avatar world and like all kinds of stuff for the fact that it's it's the highest grossing movie of all time it somehow had zero cultural impact whereas something like james cameron's terminator still has lines that people say today even if they some people some of them might not have even have seen the movie before like avatar was a weird thing in that regard, it's yeah. a pretty it's it's a conundrum. Well, I think underneath <laughs> its really gorgeous, flashy exterior, it's kind of vanilla. I mean, that's yeah. It, the The conversation that they have is really it's good. interesting. I forget, though, yeah. I forget I mean, what what episode it's on, but if you want to hear that, check it out. But no, real quick, Twilight. The way people will look at that ten years from now will be like Flashdance. Like at the time, people took like Flashdance seriously. Like, man, this is this is raw. Like, this is a raw story of a young woman trying to make it in the big city. Yeah. Now, now people watch it, but they watch it ironically. Like, it's funny. It's like funny to watch this this ridiculous movie. I think that's what's going to happen with Twilight. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. If you like, if that, yeah. All right, all right. We got to move on. Yeah, we do. Uh, <laughs> real quick, TV reboot of Tremors is coming, starring Kevin Bacon. Yes, yes, please. Reboot starring yes. Kevin Bacon. Well, yes. not a, well, not a reboot, right? I mean, yes. he, he's the same character, right? That's apparently a TV reboot. Like, hmm. it's it's. It's supposed to ignore the uh, the films in the series, but he will be playing his character from Tremors. They so can't ignore one. Yeah, they... What? Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's Tremors with Kevin Bacon. It's true. I'm down. Right? It's Tell I- me. It's in. ideal. It's the ideal Tremors experience. Is Michael Gross going to be in it? I don't know if that's Or Fred Ward. Yet. Is Fred Ward still alive? Yeah, yeah he was, he was in Is Reba McIntyre going to be back? We don't know. Mm. <laughs> Just remake Tremors with all the same people. <laughs> okay. Uh, live. We should Tremors start a live. new pen. It's our new... Oh, my God. That's ABC's next show. Can we get Tremors, Tremors Live? Tremors the musical live. Alex would object to it. The Tremors for singing. Like, reason. They're like wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men where they're like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Call Julie Taymor. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's ride this train wreck to the no, end. We don't need oh, any more people Line her up, baby. <laughs> we don't need any more people dead. Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I wanted to talk about Elmo Drafthouse is doing a contest with Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, they are starting at 4.55 in the morning on the 17th and playing all seven Star Wars movies in succession. However, starting after the first viewing of The Force Awakens, they will continue to repeat the movie for a select seven people. And whoever can, take, whoever can stand it the longest 
wins free Elmo Draft House admission for a year, free Star Wars movie admissions for life, and some other things as well. So they're gonna show the movie continuously. Yes. They're gonna give people they're gonna give people an opportunity to stand up and go to the bathroom and stuff like that in between that the movies. That seems fair. But they're going to continue screening the movie and whoever stays there the longest watching. They're gonna continue screening episode yeah. seven. Keep in mind you cannot sleep. If you talk or text, you are thrown out because it is an Alamo draft house, so you cannot pull your phone out at all. And they apparently said that any the winner uh any food that the winner buys throughout that time will be reimbursed as as part of the the winnings as well. What do you guys think of that? I mean only the hard the, the hardest core of the hardcore Star Wars fans would even consider this. And I mean have fun ruining this movie for yourself. I mean like seriously, I don't care how big of a fan you are. If you sit there and watch this thing 12 times in a row, you're going to fucking hate it by the end. Yeah. Uh, or maybe not. I, I think I would I would like to attempt it. I think it, it would, would be, be a fun, fun challenge, yeah. But Unless the movie's really bad, and then yeah. that could be fun. I don't know. Uh, any thoughts? Nick's like, you're insane if you try this. Don't do it. <laughs> okay. If I can... was like 19, I might think about it, but yeah. I, think, I think anybody over that age... I'm a grown-ass you, you man. Have, you have no excuse to be there doing this. <laughs> Go to work. <laughs> Support the economy. Pay for your Star Wars films. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to move on to a review of Krampus, Krampus. directed Krampus. by Michael Doherty of Trick or Treat fame, starring Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Koechner, Allison Tolman, and more people. Uh, the IMDb synopsis says, a boy who has had a bad Christmas ends up accidentally summoning a Christmas demon to his family home. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You uh Willie, you enjoy Trick or Treat quite a bit. Yeah, Michael Doherty, yeah. one of Michael Doherty's previous films. Super awesome. Uh, Nick, you haven't seen it, but you've wanted to. Correct. I think I've seen Correct, bits Alex. and pieces of it. Yeah, honestly, besides Halloween, the original, it's probably the best movie to watch on Halloween that I can yeah. think of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, what did you guys think about Krampus? First of all, you're saying it wrong. What is it? Say it again, man. Krampus. Uh, Krampus. Yeah, excuse me. Really get into it. That's no. my, I'm under the weather right now. I know. I'm sorry. I'll do it for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll dub you. I'll dub over uh, the top. All right. Good. Um, I liked Krampus. It is fun. Um, it, <laughs> it is I like fun. Krampus. It, it is, is fun. fun. I would watch this film again someday, maybe. No. Um, <clears throat> it's a lot of fun. It does take a long time to get going. Yeah. Longer, which is weird because it's like an hour and 28 minutes or something, isn't hour it? Hour 38, yeah. 38. So it's not a long movie, but no. it takes a long time to get going. The it's, only, it's paced like a brick. It is. Paced the, like a brick. The only benefits to that, <laughs> and there are a couple small benefits. One, you actually get time to know this family. Love them or hate them, you get to know them, which mm-hmm. makes you care about them, which is nice. And two... When the shit hits the fan, it's all the more like, oh, my God, what is going on right now in this movie? Because you kind of settled into the types of shocks and scares that the movie has displayed thus far. And it is not the same. There's a, there's a point where a switch is flipped in this movie and things get very interesting. Um, loving Michael Doherty's obsession with uh, practical effects for the most part here. Um, they don't all look great, but that's part of the fun. Um there are some very cool creature designs. There are some very fun comedy bits. David Koechner is the funniest he's been in a long time, which is nice. Mm-hmm. 
because I haven't enjoyed him very often. Um, Adam Scott's okay. His character's a little bit passive. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just, uh, he doesn't, I don't know, he doesn't act as much as I was hoping he would act. Um, yeah, I, I like the cast for the most part, um, especially this kid. This kid who, I don't <laughs> know where they found this child. It's probably the best child dis- like actor discovery since um, Thurman Merman from Bad Santa. Really, really good. Well done. <laughs> Whoever found this kid is, is doing their job well. Which kid? Uh, the mouth breather. Okay. Yeah, that kid is hysterical. Yeah. Jeez, that perfectly cast. Well done. <laughs> Um, I really hope that that's what he did when he walked in the casting session was just like stared grossly at them. Like, <laughs> I just like ate some Cheetos. He was just confused. And he's wonderful. He had a, he had a necklace of pizza rolls. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It, it is not for everybody. That's for sure. You have to be willing to be bounced around for, through almost not multiple genres, but it almost feels like it sometimes. There's moments where this feels like a... You almost forget. It feels like a, like a kind of like a kooky Christmas comedy. Like, oh, my family's such a pain. And then you're like, oh, that's right. There are there are murderous Christmas demons running around. <laughs> um, and then it bounces around to like slapsticky uh, Evil Dead 2 kind of stuff at moments. Like Sam Raimi, really goofy uh, stuff. And then it goes to like really kind of dark, creepy gothic horror stuff so it's it it bounces around a lot so I, I can see why a lot of people probably would not be nuts about this movie but i enjoyed it i had a fun time yeah all right nick your thoughts on krampus krampus uh Good effort, alex well willie was just describing is actually the reason i liked it it was i didn't ever really feel like i settled into what to expect from it and i think it might have become just a little bit bland maybe if it had committed too hard to anything I think that's a fine line, though. I can I can see why some people would have wanted it to say, I am a dark horror comedy, or I am a horror movie, or I am a comedy, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really mind. I kind of liked that it was flying all over the place, because I think we're kind of in the same boat as the characters at that point, where they don't really know what's going on. They're kind of the same way, where it starts off a kooky family holiday, oh boy, here comes uncle, whatever, and his, and that wife of his, and yeah. they're weird kids. And then and then before you know it, it's like they, they're having a hard time taking it seriously. They're like, come on, like it's fine. And I think we were kind of the same way. I was laughing almost the whole movie, though. I know. I, you I were pretty funny. Really, yeah, I thought it was really funny for the most part. Uh, yeah, I had fun with it. I mean, I don't think I'm going to go off to the theater to see it again, and I don't know if I'll ever really watch it again. If it comes around, I guess. Why not? But... Uh, the practical effects are awesome. I did like the way the movie looked a lot. It felt it felt very engaging. It felt very real. The house and and the family, everybody feels very natural. And in in the movie, eased me right in right away. Right away, I I bought it all. And uh, all the creatures are really cool. Uh, the Krampus himself, itself, whatever, is really awesome looking and and very tangible, which is pretty sweet. Uh, all of his little helpers are really good. Uh, even the gingerbread men were really, really funny. <laughs> yeah. I think this movie probably does have some rewatch value for some of the little things. Like I was trying to watch all three of the gingerbread men at the same time because all their expressions were different and changing and like reacting in real time. I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, the kid, the, the lead kid is really good. Um, all the kids are good. Everyone in it's good, actually. I love Tony Collette. Mm-hmm. She's always good. I don't think I've ever seen her in something and not thought she was just great. 
she's great in this movie right away she's like perfect as the as the stressed out mom who's trying to keep it all together and and uh there's some stuff i guess in spoilers we'll talk about she's really good um so is the grandma so it's it's fun i mean if you've got you know nothing to do and you want to go to the movies and see something that's kind of topical because of the time of year go check it out and i don't think you'll regret it if you do i don't know why right in (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I had a little bit of trouble with this movie because it is paced like a brick and I guess I was tired yesterday and I did end up falling asleep through more of it than I think I realized. But uh, <laughs> we were talking about this movie. Alex is like, what? <laughs> that's oh, so that's, weird. That's going to happen in spoiler territory. <laughs> you guys are going to bring up shit that I'm like, I, I was, must have been asleep for that part. But I really didn't think the pacing was that bad. I've sat through way worse movies. Oh no, there's worse, but I, I think it it it's not that things aren't happening. It's that we don't. There's no reveal of anything for a long time. There's no. We don't have any clue what is actually going on until you know what I'm saying. Like, there's no monster reveal of any sort. There's no. It takes a long time to get to that point. But I also kind of felt like it. There were there was a lot of. Um, it was just uneven towards towards the like first half of the movie in terms of you would have something happen and then the brakes would get applied again and things would slow down. And it's kind of a function of a horror movie. I just didn't feel like it was executed as well in this as it has been in other horror movies that I've seen. It just kept kind of slowing down in, in spots and I apparently took advantage of my Monday night state and I fell asleep. <laughs> but um but I did like the idea that you do get to spend time with the family family and understand that. I just think that there could have been maybe uh like the economy of the script could have been a little bit better to give you those ideas of the family without um necessarily needing to spend all that time. In terms of how they would do that, I don't necessarily know, but especially because maybe it's trying to be funny. Like the movie's actively trying to be funny as, as the family gets introduced instead of like actually setting up how the relationships work. Uh, it, it, it does it a little bit in some cases and not in other cases, but I don't know. It's nitpicking something that ultimately doesn't matter because that's not really the focus of the movie. But... um I did enjoy the way that it looked. I liked the idea that this insane blizzard's going on outside. You step outside and it's just white. And the blizzard was awesome. Yeah. It was cool. Cool and setting it, for a movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of a cool way to just be like, okay, we don't necessarily want to shoot on location or something, or we don't want to like build out a bunch of houses or something like that. It kind of hid that, that budgetary thing really well as well. So I appreciated that. And plus the creature design and everything is fantastic i think the elves are the scariest thing yeah. in the entire movie like even scarier than Krampus. they're out there i have but, a, sc- a couple scariers but we'll get oh there. yeah okay all right i probably slept we're talking this. about the same thing <laughs> but did you sleep through the attic scene probably yeah. oh my god man. how could you that's a bummer that's a huge. We'll get there. Let's let's get let's get there quick. Uh, yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you in spoiler Terry where I felt where I where I, the last <laughs> my last recorded memory of the of the movie and then where I woke up. Where you picked up? Yeah. Oh boy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I think it's fun. I think it's a unique. Uh, I, I don't think Christmas horror is something done often. 
been a while. And and I think it's 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 fun to Santa check Slay. out. Santa Slay starring Bill Goldberg. <laughs> if that's something that that you're into, I think it's worth checking out. But uh, you know, I think you'll know if you want to see this movie, and you won't regret it if you do. All right, we're gonna go into spoiler territory for Krampus. Uh, I'm not gonna bother taking a break. Let's just go straight into go it. Go right into it. Cool. Yeah. Real cool. real quick, I fell asleep. Um, Somewhere after Mouth Breather got taken up the up the, oh, up the chimney, okay. and okay. I woke up probably uh, as he was as the kid was trying to start the Hummer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you missed all the goods. I was in and out of consciousness when, when the boy is in the car. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> you missed all the goods. You slept for like thirty minutes. I told I was in and out of consciousness for all. Oh of that. wow! Alex, you okay. missed all the awesome stuff. Keep in mind, I'm off of caffeine. I haven't. I like. No, I, I'm not I mad at you. I should have drank a pop. I shouldn't be reviewing a movie that I didn't see thirty minutes of. So but. okay, so <laughs> let's start real quick. Uh, really solid use of Christmas so when, music. When you woke up, there were two characters left in the movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the rest of them? <laughs> oh man, you missed Death by Choice. Oh man. Oh yeah. god, that was so funny. All right, so. Really solid. Use I guess of I have to go music. see Stop the podcast. <laughs> um, We're going right now. Can we catch the, the same show as yesterday? No. Well, if we walked in right now, actually. <laughs> pick up where I left off. <laughs> Krampus Cliff Notes. That's perfect. Oh, man. Man. We have uh, the wrong Alexander Paul on this episode. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Call the one who saw the movie. <laughs> Skype him in. Well-timed use of, of some of the Christmas songs. Really enjoyed that. I always love Christmas as a setting and... and it does a setting in movies because you get all these fun Christmas songs and you get to like play with them and do things with them. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. cool. Yeah, he was like, awake, so you were awake for that when the, the I when when they when Dave Keckner fell asleep at the watch and it was the yeah. fire was down to an ember and the yep. iPad died and that, that was, was awesome. Yeah, man. That, was, that was really cool. that was really effective loved and I it. liked a lot of the music throughout the entire movie. Yeah, it was, they, it was they well picked done. some good classic Christmas tunes to to play. Um... I loved the animated section. That was oh, so yeah. fucking I saw, cool. Yeah, I saw that too. That was so cool. I didn't see it coming, but it's kind of Michael, like something Michael Doherty would do stylistically. He's yeah. done like he's done his own hand drawn animations that he's he, he that's what Trick or Treat it, was based on. It reminded me of like the only good part of the first Harry Potter Part Seven. Yeah, that was a very cool sequence the, in that movie. Yeah, yeah. The animated yep. sequence actually the explaining thing. the yeah, very very cool, and it. it it feels very Christmassy. It, it felt like, like a Christmas story. It almost feels like a little pop-up book, yep, you know? Exactly. And I, I dig that. Um, you miss the attic, and the attic is insanity. So I'm going to explain what happens to you for a second. I'm going to try uh, to keep it. What you brief. explain is probably going to match up with what I was hearing, because I did hear a lot of <laughs> did it. Did you hear a lot of screaming? Yeah. Did you hear a lot of... Yeah. Okay. Well, and me laughing. So, do you remember? <laughs> yeah. There's a Jack in the Box in the movie. Yep. And it, mm-hmm. yeah. And you don't really see what's coming out of it at first because mm-hmm. the girl is underneath the the car or whatever. It is. Uh, it's a Jack in the Box. It's got a little porcelain clown head and and maybe a little jester hat or some sort of something going on. But well, it's, it's got like the predator mouth, right? It's got the Blade Two monster mouth yeah. that mm-hmm. splits okay. open. And it literally starts swallowing children. <laughs> it's huge. I, in first front of, of them. all, it's giant. It's like a worm. So it's like crawling along. And at the end of it is that little jack. The, the little <laughs> the, jack it's like a. Box. It's like a so rattle. It's like bumping and it. That thing is. Its reveal is so horrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> and hilarious. Seen, you've only seen the gingerbread men at this point. Yeah. So you're not ready for like that for yeah. actual horror movie creature. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a teddy bear. 
that there's a killer is teddy bear. An evil with like sharp teeth that tries to rip people's throats out and stuff. There's a robot toy, like a wind up robot yep, toy saw, that's got stabbing Adam the Scott. There's yeah. also like a doll bird. It's an angel. Thing. It's like a, like an angel topper on a tree. Oh, and it's like flying and it's got this worm it's got, tongue it's thing got that fangs and it's, <laughs> it's awesome, horrific. It's really good. Those things were all real creepy, and and all of the adults are instantly like occupied. With each with one of these things, it's dealing with and, one of these, and yeah. it's really fun to watch. Do they all burst out of like the the bag that yes. Techner brings the, in. Yeah. The presents open and the and the yes. toys come out. Actually, it's and that insane. was a good build up too. Uh, the the sister Tony Collette's sister, Allison Tolman. Allison Tolman. She's the one from Life Fargo. Is Now, right? The, she plays the the wife of Ben Stiller's brother. Maybe I think so. That's the only thing I know her from. Uh, she um, was in the guy or the gift. Okay, maybe. Anyway, so. but yeah, she's she, great in Fargo season one. She becomes a badass for a minute. She gets a, like a, she starts like beating the shit out of these toys, and you oh, don't yeah. expect it from her. Uh, later on, the the aunt does the same thing with the shotgun. She like unloads. On oh the, my god, it was so super awesome. She's like, funny. <laughs> and you're like, what? Yeah, the I think drunken I aunt. Some of that and it's funny because someone's got the angel in their hand and they fling it in the air like a clay pigeon, and she <laughs> yeah. distracts she it and just wastes it. It's, it's so sweet. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, they're, they're they're choosing of you know you've got your elves, you've got your gingerbread men, you've got the angel on top of the tree, you've got you know a teddy bear, which is a classic Christmas toy. Like I love that they chose those as the monsters, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and then the worm thing takes off with, uh, the dog breaks it out of this, like it goes up in the heat vents mm-hmm. and they're trying to get it down because it can't get out of the house and they send, they send the bulldog up to kick its ass and yeah. he does. I mean, I think the bulldog gets eaten, but it drops through the, the roof and like it takes off. Well, first it does, it does this creepy clap when it hears Krampus showing up. He when goes, it hears the elves coming. Yeah. yeah it it's really claps. gross. And then uh, it takes off out the window, and Keckner just like screams and dives onto its back, holding on. That's the last you see of him. <laughs> just flies away with it. Yeah, it's really that was death by choice, is what Nick called yeah, it. Yeah, it was hilarious. So, yeah, and all that stuff is the only character who went on on his own terms. It was a lot of fun. I like how mean <laughs> the ending is too. Although I've heard different interpretations of it, so I, I my initial reaction was they're trapped in this snow globe and they're gonna be stuck there forever, That's and their souls are taken by Krampus. But I heard somebody online saying that they think it's more along the lines of they he pulls out the you know the Christmas ornament and they all remember instantly because you can hear them replaying their mm-hmm. own and he uses that to keep an eye on them to make sure that they're because you know he knows when you've been sleeping and all that so he's watching them so if they screw up again they're fucking done you know that so kind the of snow thing. globe is like a just a portal to so watch, watch them, them. And, and make sure and their their reactions are like oh my god like that all happened so that's a, that's I guess a more optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, I would yeah, say so. It's still... better than them being trapped there, and like, because that's what I was thinking. I was like, "What are their lives now? Do they like walk outside and it's just, just their repeat house? the whole thing?" Yeah, yeah. It actually kind of explains the uh, the blizzard. What if the whole movie they're already in the globe, like they're already stuck in there because they can't seem to get to the end of the street? Something impedes them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the second that that storm, the storm clouds come over, which you laughed so hard at. Oh my <laughs> god, it was funny. <laughs> um, just. It's goofy. It was funny. I thought it was really good. It was. It was <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, they they play with a lot of the the genre conventions of just in general horror movies, and it, they, they do some good stuff with that too. Yeah, I uh, I should have talked about this in non spoilers. I guess I kind of wanted it to be rated R, and I kind of wanted it to be bloodier. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that a little bit for last some time. reason. Yeah, I just wanted a little more gore out of it, and I don't know. I think maybe I wanted it to go full like Evil Dead Two. 
ish or full Evil Dead, where it just I is, thought it was going to. Yeah, I I think that's probably because what that's what I expected. And then our weird ticket guy. I was going to say, like, you should listen to Ticket Guy. You guys are seeing a PG-13 horror movie. Which, by the way, there's plenty of good PG-13 Did you know that? Movies, so. Are you sure you want to see this? This is the guy who reads The Art of War as he's not working at his uh, at his ticket booth. But, oh, God, was he really? Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I feel like it's the kind of movie that's ripe for like a an uh, an unrated version on Blu-ray or something like that. Yeah, I and your point was really good though about leaving the fate of the characters questionable because we thought maybe there was a chance they were going to get recovered, and yeah. so did the characters in the movie. They were like, I just immediately was like, well, that guy's dead, and then they're like, we'll get him back, don't worry, and they're like actively looking for him, and I was like, I guess maybe they are holding out some hope and a. You know, a fountain of blood like I wanted would have would have assur- assured them that this was not an option. Yeah, it, that would have been an interesting alternate take on this movie, though. I think you're right. Like going full bore, just bonkers. I wanted like drag me to hell, like Evil Dead, just crazy blood yeah, spurting the, everywhere. Yeah, the the idea that that Willie said last night was something that I thought about as we were watching the movie was that the mouth breather gets sucked up into the chimney and then just like a blender of blood just. Oh, that's, a Nick, that's, that's what a I said. Oh. I was just saying turkeys fall out of him. That's what I ate, like four turkeys. <laughs> that's what I wanted. Yeah, it was just like some real crazy. Yeah, like that. I you could easily see that happening in some version of the movie. But... Just Dave Keckner covered in blood, yeah. yelling with his shotgun would have been hilarious. Screaming yeah. bloody murder yeah, as he yeah. rides the worm thing. <laughs> it's a goofy. God, movie I can't believe and... you missed that. That was so funny. Yeah. I I could see watching this again like next Christmas. You know, like I could see like watching it on Netflix because it'll probably be on there at some point or whatever. You're like, ah, let's watch Krampus. That'll be kind of fun for a Christmas movie. You yeah. know? I liked the I liked the ending too with his little like when the little boy decides to go after him and you see all the creatures together before yeah, they leave again. That like, was cool. Campfire is like a really cool like it's the only part of the movie that is like warm colored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like distinctly warm colored and it's, yep. it was really visually interesting even though I didn't see most of the movie. I like that you get to see a little bit of his, of his workshop, too. That's kind of fun. Yeah. He's got, like, tool benches and stuff in there with his snow gloves. It's like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of cute, you know. To create his evil monsters. Mm-hmm. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I, you guys need to watch. Have you seen Trick or Treat, Alex? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's, you I guys think I've seen, it. like, a couple of the short stories like, okay. of, of the vignettes. But it's, uh, it's better than this movie. It is, I think. Not that we have to compare the two, but... Um, I really hope that like every few years, Michael Doty just makes another like holiday based horror movie. I know they joke about the Easter bunny in this one. Let's do it. I say, go <laughs> for it. Like, give me a terrifying, like werewolf Easter bunny that terrorizes a small, <laughs> like it'd be amazing. Basically make it goosebumps for adults. Like I'm down. Let's do it. You That'd know? be pretty Is trick or treat rated R. Yes. Trick or treat so. is rated R. Yeah. yeah. There's quite a bit of blood in. Yeah. It's pretty nasty. But then again, Trick or Treat is a Halloween movie and you come, you know, like I almost respected the fact that it was PG-13 and I, uh, my, you know, 19 year old self would be killing this version of myself for saying this, but I actually kind of thought it was nice that they managed to keep it PG-13, but still keep it creepy and fun. And yeah, I would have liked to, I would like to see the crazy cut of this movie, but um, I thought it was kind of neat that they managed to keep a, a horror movie about Christmas and and technically you could bring your kid to go see this i think that's i think it's a money like it's a money thing too mm-hmm. just the sure. keeping it pg13 so all the teens that are looking for something to do can go see it mm-hmm. and it did well i think it made like 16 million which is 
good for this kind of movie. Yeah, which is like what it was projected, but um and this the I mean I think they did a good job. The the poster's kind of cool. It's kind of a throwback to like 80s horror posters. Yeah. yeah. I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. I I swear to god that I I'm, I should probably tweet Michael Doherty. We probably should. Because I think he had a, has a pumpkin head reference in this movie. I'm almost 100% positive. I need to make sure. I need to know if if he made a pumpkin head reference. So I where, might, where do you think it was? Well, okay. So one of my all-time favorite movie posters, uh, absolute top of the heap, is the original theatrical post, like teaser poster for Pumpkinhead. It's incredible. It's super creepy. And there's a moment in this movie that visually echoes that. Um, the poster is really just a girl who's like looks terrified, like. She's got, like, saliva, and she's, like, crying and stuff. Like, it looks legitimately scared. And there's, like, one long nail, like, fingernail coming out and, like, just barely touching her face. And at one point, Krampus does that. It's, like, it looks like the poster from Pumpkinhead. Mm. I, I hope that Michael Doherty did that on purpose. If not, you know. It's cool anyway. It's still pretty sweet, so. All right. Any final thoughts on Krampus? Go catch it at some point. If you want to get out of your house to get away from your family... At some point during this this holiday season, I say disappear for an hour and a half or whatever. Go check out some Krampus. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. I apologize to our listeners that I fell asleep during the movie. This is the first time you've ever done that. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> How many of movies have you actually seen? I fell asleep none. Uh, I fell asleep during um, X Men: Days of Future Past. Do you remember? No. <laughs> I fell asleep from when, uh, but I ended up going to see it again before we reviewed That's it right. That's right. Because I felt bad about it. But um, yeah, I fell asleep like at the start of the third act and woke up as Wolverine returns to. Oh, that's right. You missed like the, the entire third act of the movie. Yeah. That's right. Wow. But I got to see. That's so sad. I got to see Cyclops. So. I think you're just going to be my dad. With movies at some point it's in your not, life. You know, I mean, it doesn't... Ha- I, I forgot about, about the X-Men. Before that, it's been like... Uh, and that was like a, a later showing, too, I yeah. think. That was pretty late. But um, also, I fell asleep when I went to see 12 Monkeys as, <laughs> as, a, as a midnight movie. Do you think that this just has something to do with movies that are lit really dark? <laughs> like they lull you into sleep? Because all three possible. of those movies are very, very like dimly muted lit. colors, dimly lit. Yeah, that's, that's possible. I don't know. It also depends on the day, too. You know. I get it. I, I have fallen asleep in the theater a couple times. Yeah. Not recently, but a couple times. Yeah. So I get it. Fell asleep during uh, Transformers. Yeah. I have no idea how. That movie's loud, but mm. I fell asleep. Didn't you fall asleep during um, Paul Thomas Anderson? Hair and Vice? Yeah. I passed the fuck out. <laughs> but I woke up like right before, what the pancake? And I was like, oh, okay, I'm back. That's good. Let's do it. That's good. I feel better. <laughs> Any thoughts on my sleepiness? No. no. Okay. All right. Uh, feedback at MidwestFilmMinutes.com. Uh, write to us there. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. We're at MFN Podcast on, on Instagram and Twitter. Go to MidwestFilmers.com for all previous 155 plus bonus episodes with full show notes so you can skip over the spoiler Terry and things like that if you need to. Um, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com is where you can uh, you can't write to us there, but you can spend money and some of that money will come to us. You can buy Alex some caffeine pills. Yeah, don't do that. I don't want to be addicted to those. 
Well, uh, you don't have to buy him, but you can contribute to him staying awake. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the more money you spend, the more likely I am to stay awake during <laughs> these movies. <laughs> I already feel bad about it now. I feel bad Don't feel bad. Uh, this is the one guy who said he would like to attempt the episode seven watch-a-thon, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Round one, you're out! <laughs> An yeah. opening crawl. You don't make it through the first screening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Willie, we have a fight the franchise coming soon. You revealed it was Child's Play. Yes, yeah. That so. we are, we are nearing the the uh, finish line here for the Child's Play series. I believe we are all we all have one more film to watch. Okay, good. So, um, and there was a new Midwest Game Nerds out this week. We talked about the PSX conference and the VGA awards that happened last week. A lot going so, on there, so that'd yeah, be fun to talk quite, about. Quite a bit of news. Uh, go check it out. I think it was a fun episode. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Sweet. Kyle XY, go watch a movie. Krampus. <laughs>